0: Hey ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Trader TraderCobb Crypto Show. Today's guest, I've been trying to line up for quite some time now. He's a guy with uh, well, a lot of experience in the business world and also trading world, which we'll touch on as well. I have got the CEO of Moby. We learn all about Moby, what it is and what the platform's trying to achieve. It's Brandon Bergeson. Thanks for your time out of Vegas.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be on the show.
0: Mate, looking forward to this one. Uh, I'm looking forward to all of them. I'm going to tell you the truth. I said that to everybody. It's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> <I love it. laughs> Let's hear a bit about your background, because obviously, um, you know, you, you have done quite a bit. I mean, you, you've been in product development, finance, marketing, a whole different range of uh, positions from you know, working with Shanghai Fuel as a vice president. I mean, you've dealt with different heads of state. You've got a big, big background. So tell us a bit about the progression into why you've come into this space, really.
1: Well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So I, I do have a diverse background. Uh essentially started when I was 19 in the uh, mortgage and finance real estate uh, side of the business. I actually built uh, a mortgage company. Um, it was a financial technology company called Rate First, and it's really directed at uh, self-directed mortgages for consumers directly. And we just built a financial platform for them to, um, you know, find the best mortgage and the best rates, the best terms, all themselves, kind of like an insurance model uh, yeah. similar here in the U.S. So I uh, went on to sell that company when I was 24, uh, and then ended up working for a uh, a hedge fund, and uh, it was a small 100 million dollar fund, and uh, they did physical delivery of commodities. So, got to learn a lot about the the commodity space, specifically oil, gas, and coal, and uh, ended up uh, being the uh, right hand to the CEO of uh, BBN Shanghai Fuel, um, which did directly, you know, did uh, 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 did work directly with governments like China. Uh, Cyprus, So uh, I was able to, uh, as the executive vice president, be in a lot of the calls and work on a lot of the logistics uh, for that. Uh, Then the CEO and I uh, started a trading company uh, with about 20 plus traders. And uh, we uh, back, I think it was 2012. Yeah, 2012. uh, We had uh, about 20 traders working for us full time. And they were just getting in and out of trades. We developed a a bot and uh, we did really well. We're making, you know, 25% return on our money. We're doing great. Um, You know, I really got my feet wet in the trading space. I actually went back into mortgages uh, after that. You know, everything is a little bit cyclical here. So we were doing about 30 to $36 million uh, a month in business. I actually sold my interest uh, last year and focused 100% on Mobi. And really because I have a big interest in music uh, and in technology, I've always wanted to build something. I've been a nerd. I've been taking things apart since I was a kid. Uh, graduated high school when I was 16 and really kind of got my feet wet in different things. And so, uh, lo and behold, I'm here today. And that's definitely something I I believe that I was uh, made to do. So, I'm, I'm happy to be here today.
0: And it sounds to me like, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds to me, you've exited a couple of different companies. I mean, looking at, you know, having 20 full-time traders there, getting, you know, multiple uh, double digit monthly, uh, returns consistently that, I mean, that's a big, that's a big fund. I mean, whether it's a big financial fund or not, they're big results. Um, so of course, even just with a hundred million, that is still some significant amounts of money that are coming through. What made you get out of that sort of space? Was it, was it, was it just that you'd made enough and you kind of went, I want to do something that I want to do for a change.
1: Uh, it was we we made enough, and unfortunately, there was some, you know partners, and we had took a, a massive loss in one day, <laughs> mm. unfortunately from a, a partner's bad trade I went against the bots that we had built. So uh, really took it took it hard. You know, it was one of those losses that you learn from, and so we still have the technology and everything in place, but it just was something that you know I have three kids and a wife, and I just wasn't able to do the 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 highs and the lows so much, and so I wanted to be. I want to be doing something that I had control over. I didn't have a bunch of partners. That's why I'm the sole founder of, of Moby. And it's very, you know, uh, having partners is, is, is good. And sometimes it can be bad in certain situations. So uh, happy to be in control of the helm and uh, uh, ready to push forward.
0: All right, so let's go straight to Moby now. I mean, with your very diverse background, the points I want to sort of focus on is obviously product development, uh, the finance side, as well as the marketing. Because I mean, there are three cores that you need pretty much for any business in right. anything forever and ever and ever. Plus, you've got your trading background, plus you've got your executive background of what you've been working on um, with different companies. What's Moby and, and what's it trying to fix or fill?
1: Well, Mobi uh, lets you easily spend or send crypto or cash anywhere in the world right from your mobile phone in seconds. So, what we're doing is we're solving a lot of problems, primarily allowing cryptocurrency and uh, to be used for everyday purchases. So, what we've done is we've uh, um, actually acquired um, some contracts that allows us to integrate directly at the POS systems Mm -hmm. at large retailers. So, uh, essentially, you can use cryptocurrency, you can use Bitcoin even Mobicoin uh, at places like Target, CVS, directly at point of sale um, without the need of a bank account or a debit card. So that's one of the major problems we're, we're, we're trying to fix and we're fixing with Mobi. Another is mainstream adoption. Uh, we fixed this problem by developing three different product suites. One is Mobi, which is the mainstream consumer wallet. We're going after you know the Venmo users, the Cash App users, the PayPal users. Anyone from teenager to grandma, very easy to understand, no crypto in it whatsoever. Then we have Moby X, which is the crypto side of things. This is where it does this is where we do all of our in-app exchange from cryptocurrency to cash instantly. Um, so that's specifically for crypto users. It's a very niche demographic as far as adoption is concerned. And then we have Mobi Pay, which is the project name, but also this is the merchant gateway and the merchant side of things. So we believe going after all three segments and demographics uh, individually will help us main, get mainstream adoption and have people uh, you know, get on the platform. And you know, maybe five, 10 years down the line, we merge Mobi and X together um, you know, when it's more lucrative. But that's the strategy that we're going after. And it's, it seems to be doing really well because we, we've, uh, we actually have some, a large, some large mainstream partnerships in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them alone brings 100,000 users active monthly to our platform, just straight USD, and they will be up to the seven-figure user base within 18 months. That's just one, one partner, and we, uh, we're, we're excited about the opportunities that we have, both in the mainstream world and also in the crypto world.
0: So, I mean, effectively, you you sort of pointed out three different businesses or three different verticals off of the business, right? One of them, it sounds i mean, being able to trade uh, by use cash to pay as well as crypto to pay. I I get that. That makes sense. It's on your phone. It's an app. Now, if I want to sell some Bitcoin to cash, for example, where does that cash get held? Because it sounds almost like there's a Moby bank account sort of on your phone or in the wallet. I mean, how does that work?
1: Yeah, that, that's exactly it. So we, in the U.S. right now, we've, uh, we've gotten approved for our U.S. banking and, and custody. So uh-huh. we're in the, we're in the, uh, we're in the um, uh, process of integrating that front-end application. Hopefully we'll be live in the next 90 days or so. Wow. Um, you know, working with third parties, sometimes a little bit slower. But that will allow and, uh, it to take custody of both U.S. dollars and, and all, actually six uh, fiat currencies and about 15 cryptocurrencies that this bank will hold custody of. So it's a very strategic thing for us. We have already built our in-app exchange. So with the plug-in our liquidity providers um, and this application, you can actually easily exchange Bitcoin to cash. And those US dollars are held essentially in that trust account uh, with the bank. And you can transact just like any other. We, we We do all that stuff in the background, but the user experience is very seamless.
0: Well, one of the questions that I had around that, I mean, getting the, the license for a bank, of course, there's a lot of insurance, a lot of custodial issues. There's a lot of, I mean, you've got to back up these accounts, right? I mean, I'm not sure of the laws in Australia, but I know in the UK and Australia now, bank accounts have a deposit um, guarantee uh, mm-hmm. to the tune of, it depends on what country, you know, about $200,000. And that was based off the back of the banks collapsing. The government will actually bail you out to the tune of two hundred k. Now, do, we, do you have something similar like that in the US to help clients feel much more comfortable?
1: Yes, it's it's FDIC insurance. So yes, it's it's the same type of insurance. Uh, I believe it's two hundred fifty to three hundred k, if I remember correctly. But it's been a while since I looked at that. But yes, oh, there's insurance in
0: place. So you do have that surety. You do have that uh, ability to make people feel safe because, effectively, I mean, you you got to have a bank on your telephone, right?
1: Right. Exactly. And, and on the crypto side, there's there's folks like Lloyd's of London that are issuing hundred million dollar policies. Yeah, they to are. Some other some uh, the other the other risk side, but. You know, in regards to risk and compliance, um, it's just kind of an interesting segue, and I'll just take it here. Is, yeah. you know, our, the first person we brought on the team was a gentleman by the name of Brian O'Neill. And Brian O'Neill was formerly SEC uh, and former chief counsel of the New York Stock Exchange and chief legal, our executive director for um, JPMorgan Chase for, uh, for global compliance. So, from a regulatory wow. framework, understanding how we can navigate in those waters in the US. But also understanding the bank regs. it's been very, it's been great to have him to help us steer in those directions. And we also have some other great, you know, great legal team on board to help with that. But a lot of people are very scared about uh, doing business in the U.S. because the SEC. And we know if we do things the right way, we, we're positioned to take some market share because a lot of our competition, especially in the crypto space, won't, won't, won't enter.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, whilst we're on that, I mean, I'll I'll segue off of your segue. (laughs) I mean, how, you're doing a a token offering, if I'm correct. Is that right?
1: Yes, we are doing a token offering. We're doing a private uh, token offering. It is, um, it is Reg D compliant, uh, 50, um, yes, it is Reg D compliant. So 100%, even if they do deem it a security, we're still okay because we are only selling to uh, accredited investors. Um, so, it's, you know, it's a very easy thing for us to do if you're doing it the right way. We spend a lot of money on legal and legal documents to get there. Um, so that's something that's important. But we're also doing traditional capital raise as well. Uh, we've actually have some, you know, uh, some commitments and stuff in place. Um, so regardless of the token sale or not, uh, we are uh, moving forward. We have been initially approved uh, for an IEO with OKEX. Uh, they're actually flying us uh, as their VIP to Dubai next month uh, to talk about that and potential uh, investment and partnership because they like the fact that we can integrate their token, which is something else I want to talk about. We the, our value proposition for other projects is is pretty significant because we can take other tokens and we can we can integrate them into our uh, into our system, mm. and those tokens or currencies can be used for everyday purchases at these um, at these retailers. We don't see a world where retailers accept 1500 different coins. No. So our goal with Moby and Moby coin is to be that pivot currency and people can integrate directly with us and give give another use case and some other uh, you know supply and demand side economics for their token, have some micro transactions that help maybe stabilize it. But this is something that OKB is uh, interested in. As well as a lot of other token projects to get their coin integrated.
0: Okay, now I, I'm looking on your website, Mobi M O B I E.io. Uh, you says you got five hundred global retailers, two hundred twenty five thousand plus retail locations, and a hundred thousand plus BT users. Now I, I know you spoke to, I think you said Target before, or as we say in Australia, Target.
1: Target. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> uh, we we tested with Target. Um, it's, everything's working just fine. Um, we're in the, the process of integrating with the retailers and finalizing that. Um, but yeah, we have target, we have a whole list of them. We're just not publicly coming out and talking about who all there are right now, uh, mm-hmm. because we're not trying to use that to, you know, gain people to try to invest in us and yeah. use that as leverage. We want to do things the right way. Um, so yeah, but we, we do have some big retailers, uh, involved and, uh, some of that information will will be, um, we'll be announcing soon, but targets, one of them, uh, CBS um, big restaurant chains here in the US and it's not just in the US it's US and Canada yep. and globally we're talking about South America Europe um, you know Asia Pacific and so we, we partner with a third-party company that has all these partnerships in place and we have a patent pending of how we how we're able how we're able to utilize our platform with already existing POS uh, systems and as we do that, we're also going to build on top of those relationships and go directly after the small, medium-sized businesses to utilize our checkout feature to accept any form of currency, even crypto, um, on and any form of checkout, whether it be physical or online.
0: So let, let's say I'm a small business here in Australia, a restaurant as an example, right? Um, and you know, somehow I find Mobi and I sign up for Mobi. How's that going to make my life better? Is, am I going to save on transactions? I mean, the volatility of the token might, might be something I'm scared. Of. How does it, how does it benefit me as a business owner?
1: That's, that's a great question. So, uh, it, there's a, there's a lot of different benefits to that. So number one, your merchant processing fees get dramatically reduced by 50 to 75% off the top. Number two, you get your money instantly. So it's not, you're not waiting three, four five days to get your money. Number three, we settle in your local currency instantly with no fees. So you're not taking as a as a as a, as a business owner, you're not taking the market risk of accepting Bitcoin. Uh, that that's all done by the user, depending on what kind of uh, currency they want to use when purchasing the item. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, we eliminate chargebacks completely. So it's a seventy-one billion dollar a year uh, issue wow. that's plugging mm-hmm. the entire world. It's Thirty-six, I think, billion alone in the U.S. So there's a lot of chargeback fraud, so we eliminate that. We also give the merchants um, a back end to our proprietary data and marketing platform, uh, which we have a joint venture with a large data company that provides this data that you can't get anywhere else but our platform. Um, And last but not least, we actually have a revenue model for those merchants. So if a merchant were to sign up with us and then they were to bring Mobi users to our platform, we actually share our revenue from the participating retailers. So every merchant wants to sign up. And this is the same thing that we're doing for all of our partners. There's no way they don't want to work with us because we save the money. We mm-hmm. get them to them instantly. We reduce risk. We, we It's more secure and they make a revenue model. So, what it's it's what I call the Godfather offer. It's an offer they can't refuse.
0: Yeah, no, I hear it, and that's the way business gets done. Is when you when you basically help someone get what they want, whilst you get what you want. It makes a pretty exactly. simple transaction, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, that, that's that's the that's the fundamental basis of everything. How I approach it is, what can I do to help you? And I know in return. You'll do it. It's natural. <laughs> It'll come back to me.
0: <laughs> I understand. Look, I see that you're in the beta stages right now. You can sign up for the beta wallet, which I have actually done, gone through the process. Very simple, by the way. Um, well, when's it ready? Like, when are you going to, I know, I know when is a, you know, how long is a piece of string thing when it comes to these sorts of things, but when are you aiming to be to market and ready to rock and roll?
1: So, you know, everything's built out. So the entire back end's built out the, you know, everything from, the multi-currency wallet to our SDKs, our APIs, the bones are built. The only thing that we're doing now to to have a live beta, a public beta, is the uh, retailer integrations and the banking integrations. Unfortunately, those are third parties that, that, uh, that take their time uh, doing things and you're dealing with banks. So, um, it, you know, best case scenario, we should be live by uh, uh, February 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of our target. It could be delayed by a month here and there, just, you know, depending on, you know, the third party situation, but everything is ready to go. So we are actually waiting and we're already having, excuse me, we already have uh, partnerships that are starting to integrate our APIs and SDK kits um, into their system. So when we are go live, we can just turn the switch and we can start, uh, you know, onboarding these, these users and, and begin our public beta.
0: And you're looking at OKX as being a potential listing partner. I, I hear, like from what you said before, by the sounds of things, potentially. I just say potentially.
1: Potentially, yeah. We're 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 initially approved with them, but we're just going through the final stages to see what everything looks like. We just want to make sure that if there's any adjustments to token uh, economics or metrics, that it's not going to you know put our our pre-sale investors or private investors in a bad place, which is uh, some of the other exchanges. I won't name them. Um, decide to do. And we just won't do that. And that's not, that's not right to me. And so, you know, at the end of the day, our project is going to succeed because we have nine different revenue models. We have a legitimate business. We have a a massive user adoption strategy. We have revenue from coin integration. So even if we didn't take an investment for the rest, you know, at all, we can still survive and build our business, which makes it, you know, it, it mitigates a lot of the risk
0: of, of getting, getting to market. Okay, well, look, One of the things that I struggle with when it comes to uh, investing in crypto assets, whether it be you know, at the pre sale or whether it be just on exchange and it's been trading for years is how do we do fundamentals? And you know, I'm fortunate that I get to speak to the people like yourself and I get to ask about revenue models. What is your biggest revenue model from what you see going forward? Where does the rubber hit the road and you start actually uh, getting to revenue?
1: So um, we're, we're pretty much revenue uh, positive day one because we we have pre-negotiated uh, agreements with our retailers and they actually pay us on every transaction because we're driving traffic to their stores yeah. and we're u- utilizing that data. So we have a pre-negotiated um, for each individual retailer that brings us revenue. So day one, if we have a thousand users on the platform and they're going to starting to shop, we're, we're bringing in revenue that day. And that's number one. Number two, in the short term, our revenue is uh, the coin integration. So we charge, you know, an amount to these projects that obviously have a lot of money oh, yeah. that want to great their token to be used uh, on the platform. Again, they pay us, they have a great some great PR, but we also share the revenue with them. So it's a very easy thing for, for us to do. Um, and then we have nine total, So we will make money on the exchanges. We'll make money on the data uh, the data is uh, probably the the biggest thing for us in the long term uh, is mobile payment data. And that's by far the most valuable data in the world. Um, I just asked WeChat and Alipay and, and look at China's growth and it's largely due to mobile payment data. So we're, we're excited about everything. We do have a very systematic strategy from short-term revenue to long-term. Um, as we get more users on the system, more and more data will be valuable, but it's, uh, it's great. And most, you know, most successful companies try to have five to seven revenue models. We have a clear nine, mm-hmm. um, you know, and from, you know, one of them includes cross border remittance, which is a, a key component of why we decided to use stellar uh, as our native uh, token of building mobile on.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Well, that information, I mean, around your revenue models and what it is, I mean, I'm assuming that that's available if, if yeah. one was to register to be a, um, What's the word that you use over there? Uh, sophisticated investor. Is what we use here? <laughs> yeah, accredited investor. Accreditor, accredited investor. So you're targeting accredited investors uh, in the US, but uh, globally, I think it just falls under whatever jurisdiction it is. Correct?
1: Yeah. Accredited investors. They have different terminology. Uh, essentially, it's the same for you know the US and the UK. I forgot the difference in the UK or not necessarily the EU of what that is. But yeah, we have all that information. Um, it is on our website in our our slide deck. Uh, a lot of that information is there. All the revenue models, and we do uh, deliver, uh, you know, financial forecasts to our accredited investors to yeah, show cool. them those assumptions and the data that supports it.
0: Fantastic, Brandon. Well, is there anything else that you tell, you think we've missed that you'd like to tell us about? Obviously, we want to know where to find out more. But anything before then?
1: Well, you know, I think the the, the biggest thing the biggest thing I like to portray is is that what we're trying to do is create a sharing economy, and we've utilize this very unique revenue model to utilize, to share and to get user adoption. So the biggest problem in the U.S. is mobile payment user adoption. Tencent, which is owns uh, WeChat Pay, try to get in the U.S. There's just no incentives for people to pull out their phone and you know they have credit cards with points. Yeah. So we think we fixed that problem in the U.S., which is a big deal, but it's also about what are you doing with the rewards that you're getting back? And we're building a mechanism where you can pretty much instantly give to a charity, whether it be a rounding up or allocating rewards to charity. And that's that's the thing. We, we're we giving people some, a reward that hopefully they'll do some good with it and and give it to different charities. And we're making it frictionless. And we're looking to build some transparency utilizing blockchain and the charity space, which is a big thing for me. And it's my purpose is to... Uh, it's to not just make, is make money, but it's also to make money to give back and, and to do things and build different ways where people can give and, and it, it can be, and it's, you know, where the money's going. And that's a big problem I think needs to be fixed in, in this space. And hopefully that, I believe blockchain will help uh, resolve some of those issues.
0: Matt, well, it sounds certainly to me like a very exciting project, Moby.io and it's M-O-B-I-E.io. Where else do we find more information, mate? You got Twitter and all that sort of social stuff, Telegrams or that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. Actually, the, the website for the project is going to be MobyPay.io. So M-O-B-I-E, P-A-Y.io. That has all the information. All right, cool. um, and that's that's the best. You can uh, log in and to, or you can get connected with our Telegram community there. All of our socials are there as well. Uh, typically the handle is at MobiPay. Um, so you'll find everything there. And uh, yeah, we're we're excited. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out and ping us in Telegram and one of our community managers will get back to uh, anyone that's inquiring.
0: Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure, Brandon. It's uh, Brandon Bergerson of Mobi. He is the CEO coming out of Vegas for an event there. Thank you so much for making the time to speak with us, mate. I'll certainly be going and having a look in a lot more detail. Um, yeah, very interesting project. Thanks for your time, man.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Bye for now.